From Kraft Mac and Cheese to Cheetos, the bright orange hues and downright delicious flavor of cheese powder has won the hearts of consumers over the decades. It might surprise you to find out this seemingly simple ingredient was actually invented out of necessity during World War II. Cheese powder definitely didn't win the war. But in this episode of Particulate Matters, you'll find out how dehydration technology and dehydrated foods like cheese powder became a major component of America's war effort. To Particulate Matters, a podcast for the dry particulate and bulk solids processing and handling community. I'm John Forrester, your host and managing editor of Powder and Bulk Solids. On this episode, we're talking about the origins of cheese powder, an ingredient that has become the backbone of some of the world's most successful food products. Simply put, cheese powder makes cooking easier and snacks tastier. Kraft Mac and Cheese, or Kraft Dinner in Canada, is one of the best-selling products in its category of all time. Cheetos have been one of America's favorite snack brands for decades. However, the orange ingredient as we know it today didn't appear on the scene until the dark years of World War II. The United States entered World War II in 1941 after the attack on Pearl Harbor. As the war effort ramped up, the U.S. government sought out food scientists and food processing experts to develop new approaches to food preservation, storage, and preparation. To set the stage, here's a clip from the 1943 film Food for Fighters that highlights some of the government's work around food processing. I guess I'm in. When do we eat? Well, what's your hurry? All you get now on the beans. Army food is no longer a matter of beans and guesswork. Since the last war, nutrition has become a science, and our Army Quartermaster Corps uses that science in planning Army meals. Food correctly used means fighting strength for our soldiers and better health for civilians. Scientists at food plants, at universities, and at the Quartermaster Corps' own subsistence laboratories in Chicago, study food for energy. America sought to harness the powers of science and technology to solve some practical challenges that were faced during the war. Some of this work aimed to improve product stability in different climates, while other efforts focused on shipping logistics. The job of supply gets more difficult as a million men go overseas for the Quartermaster Corps faces the problem of shipping space. So meat is deboned, saving 60% in bulk. Still more space is saved through dehydration. A greater variety of foods can now be shipped in this form. Only the water in them is removed to be replaced before cooking. Thus one ship can carry the load of 10. Here's Anastasia Marks de Salcedo, author of Combat Ready Kitchen, How the U.S. Military Shapes the Way You Eat, describing dehydration during the war in a recent interview with Powder and Bulk Solids. 
Actually, the U.S. military started using industrial dehydration technology in the Civil War, and it used it to dehydrate fruits and vegetables, which were cooked by the troops in their camps. But during World War II, the military had a much greater problem, and it put dehydration technology to use to solve that. And that was it had to shift tons and tons of food overseas to uh, feed what were eventually 11.6 million troops. So what it did was to take out the heaviest part of food, which is water, which it allowed to uh, compress the size and reduce the weight. Basically put everything through the dehydration ovens, not only fruits and vegetables, but herbs, milk, eggs and cheese. But when you dehydrate cheese, um, you have a problem because as food technologists know, cheese does not have an internal structure. So it just collapsed into a powder. The army, not to be deterred by the fact that its cheese collapsed into a powder, decided to develop that into a product to feed troops. But there was a further technical issue, which was that when you put cheese into a dehydration oven, uh, the temperature is too high to maintain the fat in the cheese, so the lipids dripped out. The Quartermaster Corps worked with the USDA, and in particular, a food scientist named George Sanders to solve that problem. And Sanders came up with a pretty ingenious solution, which was that he grated the cheese and then he put it into a dehydration oven, but at a very low temperature. And that caused the proteins to solidify around the lipid, which maintained the full fat in the good old Wisconsin American cheddar. And he then would uh, further dehydrate it at a higher temperature. The Army took this new successful powder and shipped it all around the globe, where Army cooks used it in sauces, in side dishes, and in entrees. Let's go back to the government documentary, Food for Fighters. The film portrays dehydration technology as a godsend for troops and also as a form of food security for average Americans after the war. While these amazing developments in food processing are now used principally for the army, millions of civilians will be benefited after the war. For in the future, no household need be without vitamin-rich vegetables and fruits at any time. Dehydrated food is easy to keep. The Quartermaster Corps Laboratory has established this in exhaustive tests. Only water need be added. When cooked, it is often impossible to detect a difference in taste. And constant tests show practically no difference in vitamin content between the dehydrated and the untreated product. George Sanders perfected cheese powder in 1943. Uh, Shortly thereafter, a whole cheese dehydration industry sprang up in Wisconsin, which is the center of the production of American cheddar. In 1945, the war came to an abrupt halt, and there was no longer a need to ship cheese powder overseas. 
The military was left with huge stockpiles of dehydrated cheese powder and a whole cheese dehydration industry that no longer had a customer. Through some public assistance and probably some lobbying, that cheese got connected with the grocery manufacturers of the United States, which soon thereafter began adding it to the new snack and convenience foods that appeared after the war. Since it was invented, the American appetite for cheese powder has only continued to grow. Uh, Shortly after the war, one of the first snack foods, the iconic Cheeto, was invented, and that was actually using the corn dough from a previous product, the Frito, which was then put through an extruder where it puffed up and it was coated with hot oil and sprayed with cheese powder. Um, Then you have cheesy crackers, you have mac and cheese, and of course, the whole Dorito family. Cheese powder has continued to be a favorite. And now in the 21st century, there's even cheese powder that consumers can use at home to sprinkle on their food and add a touch of military-influenced deliciousness to everything. Today, cheese powder is firmly fixed in our food culture, becoming a celebrated ingredient after World War II ended in 1945. In good times or bad times, it seems the enduring popularity of cheese powder will never wane. That's all for this episode of Particulate Matters. Join us next time for more interesting tales from the powder and bulk solids industry. This podcast is presented by Powder and Bulk Solids, copyright Informa 2021. Visit us at powderbulksolids.com for news, information on the latest powder and bulk solids handling and processing equipment, technical articles, and more. Intro and outro music by Greg Turner. I'm your host, John Forrester. Thank you, and until next time. Uh